Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Board Draw Podcast, episode number 83. It was a hard weekend of football for some, a softer weekend for others. Um, it was a strange weekend. Lots of weird results, lots of weird clips going around on uh, football Twitter. I don't even know what to say, mate. It's nice to know that pitch side offer a helping hand to a friend in need. Or a friend indeed. Yeah, they. Uh, that was obviously a weird thing that happened. We'll, we'll move swiftly past that. Um, and How yeah. is no one coming for my guy? I'm calling out all of football podcast media here. How are we just letting this guy get off scot-free? Yeah, uh, I mean... I'm sure when that William Saliba video got leaked, he was on it. Uh, the, the entire football Twitter was doing a madness. Yeah, but William Saliba and Tom Garrett... Man. Not comparing, not offense, not comparing but... their stature... I'm comparing the action. Oh, yeah. Tom Garrett's action is a mazza. He does the hand changes. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. Very suspect things going on, but I mean, whatever, you know, we're all for... He's moving like Elbrook and Astrid Wet, mate. (laughs) Maybe that's the motive. He's West Brom's kind of football Twitter hoe. (laughs) He's going to start an OnlyFans. Yeah, come on. Uh, Anyway, moving on to actual football that happened this weekend. Um, Come on, the boys! We saw Arsenal take hold of Liverpool and absolutely Tug turn them, off, them over. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was embarrassing. From If you look at it from a Liverpool perspective, they fell apart from the off. Um, it looked like it, men versus boys out there. And I don't want to gas us up too much because that could happen. But we've played them three times this season. One draw, one loss, one win. In my opinion, we're the only do- team to dominate Liverpool in this manner as regularly as we do. Oh, and for me, it's simple. It's simple. When it's Man City-Liverpool, have- it's toe-to-toe. It's, it could be deemed as more electric kind of uh, hit-for-hit kind of vibe. We just nullify them. And I don't know if that's... I think that is down to Declan Rice, Saliba and Gabriel there. That is, as a free, that is just... And I've said it so many times on the pod, that is elite. Probably the best in the league as a free. And we just we just suffocate teams. I don't know. Diaz, Stones and Rodri. When you get all three of them on the pitch. Just not the same, mate. Oh, I don't know. I think that's elite three. But um, yeah, from the from the off, we just suffocated them. Jorginho brought in this game. I was a little bit kind of... Starting out for a, a few questions. Yeah, it did. Jorginho. So, Jesus was out as well, injured. Havertz leading the line. And we'll talk about Havertz because I think he is kind of a... Not a hidden gem because he's always under the spotlight constantly. But he is one that I think in big games we should talk about. But Jorginho, got some stats here. Most accurate passes in the game. Mm -hmm. Most passes into the final third. Most touches on the ball. Most interceptions. Second most duels won in the game. So this is a game where he's come in, hasn't played a full 90 in a hot minute. And to come into arguably Arsenal's hardest game of the season so far probably. And be the man of the match, I think, so, so good from him. For me, I think he this this was the ideal game for him. And for me, this is where and why Liverpool fail against Arsenal time after time. Especially well, this season. The midfield battle. The midfield battle lost minute one. Mm. Liverpool, without Endo, they had no shield for their, their back line. The amount of times that ball got into that sort of final third... That little that space between the DM and the centre backs, and they didn't know whether to come for it or the DMs were going to drop for it. 
it was all over the place and Odegaard was playing around in that pocket mm. and he had so much time and he had so many he could find those little like little dinky through balls to um, Martinelli little what Little dinky one. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know question, what I mean? Like, question. Little, like, where you just, like, you say the best it. Liverpool sides are the ones that skip the midfield. Oh, 100%. So why 100%. were they not doing that in this game? Because you didn't play a, you didn't play a higher line. And you've got Declan Rice in that sweeper. Like We did we did play a kind of a high line. As you saw for the um, the shambolic goal that we let in. It was just a yeah, kind of yeah. ball over the top that Saliba didn't defend very well. But from the off, Liverpool, were, their line was so high. That's why it went, they caused all the confusion between Van Dijk and Alisson. Mm. Because Alisson didn't know where to come or to drop and leave it. And yeah, for me, that you've got De- you've got Declan Rice in there. You've got, you've got the sweeper there. And that's the difference. He, he won't allow you to play through the channels like that. Mm. They don't have Mohamed Salah, which is a massive loss. Mm. I don't know where Cody Gakpo's best role is. Yeah, I don't think he's in the um, starting Diego Jota's great, but Darwin Nunez probably should have started for me. He was so dangerous against Chelsea. Mm. On another day, he gets a hat-trick there. Mm. I don't know. He offers so much physicality and just chaos up front. He's fast, and he would have given um, Saliba and Gabriel Moore something to think about. Or even even Ben White out on the right-hand side. Ben White, underrated game, and maybe I'll talk about him after, but I want to go back to Jorginho and... Uh, Rice as a double pivot I think what that brought us that we haven't had recently is we normally leave Rice to do everything by himself and then we play like two eights here we played the double pivot with Jorginho and Rice both kind of forming a box them two with Saliba and Gabriel behind them and what that did I think it was in the um, not to the goal do you know the chance where we played through the lines no no it was for the goal we played through the lines and then it set Havertz through and he missed the one-on-one and yeah, he went yep. Saka. But before that, we're just passing it around the back and we look so good because we've got that extra man in there. Jorginho, like I said, most accurate passes, most touches on the ball. He allowed, he controlled the tempo of the game. Controlled the tempo so well. Which is what he's there to do. Like If, you are, if you're asking to play box-to-box, he's not going to do it. We just always had an extra man in that, that position. Yeah. And normally when we have that kind of left eight coming to deep to do that, that it works... But we kind of can't transition up the pitch as quickly because the left eight is deeper. But here, we do everything a smidge deeper. So we've got Jorginho and Rice. And then Havertz, he plays kind of like a shadow striker, false nine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He drops deep with Odegaard. So essentially, we're playing with no striker. Leaves Canate and Van Dijk. They don't know who to mark. And we've got kind of a congestion in the midfield where we've got Jorginho, Rice, Odegaard and Havertz. All of all of whom are very technical on the ball. You've got Zinjengo as well when he tucks him to that side. And I think, we, yeah, like you're saying, we just kind of congest the midfield and just congest it with technical excellence. We were just passing well, it around them. And then the moment that we see the space, Odegaard, I think, had one of the best games of the season. Oh, I think, for me, I think he was the man of the match. I think he's so good. Since he's come back, he had like a dodgy start to the season. And then he was, everyone was, uh, Arteta said that he had been playing with an injury. So he had a couple of weeks off. Since he's come back, he's been really good. Been so good, and yeah, and this game. He I mean, just... Arsenal's Arsenal's attacking play has has seen that. The merit of his ability is seeing through Arsenal's scoring goals now, mm. which they were struggling to do. Um, yeah, for me, Jorginho was un- unbelievable. He had time on the ball, and for me, you guys physically dominated that Liverpool midfield. That Liverpool midfield of Graven Burke, McAllister, and Jones is not physical it's a bit enough. Lightweight, isn't it's, it? Yeah. it's quite lightweight. I mean, good technical players. Curtis Jones has had a really standout season, in my opinion. McAllister's good. But McAllister, 
he's not a six. I don't know why he's mm. been played in the six constantly. It's because they don't have one. Yeah. They needed one so badly. He was screaming out for one in January and it never came. Yeah. I know Endo's there, but he's not gonna he's not a long term option really. I don't think he's really good enough. He's he had a good run in the team. Um and especially in that game against Arsenal where they came out two one winners. Mm. Um but for me that there's just not enough strength in that middle part of the pitch. And I know we I, I say it all the time, Liverpool are best going forward when they skip the transition. And they yeah. are. But if you if you play that offside trap perfectly you can you uh, like nullify the entire the entire threat. The other threat comes from the directness of runners like in Luis Diaz and Mohamed Salah. Mohamed yeah. Salah obviously not there. Um, Luis Diaz he he just goes left and right and then round and round. And I think he's like he is really good. He is a really good player. Yeah. But I think sometimes he, he needs to look for the pass. Yeah, for me, I think he was average until the goal. He does what Martinelli does, where he's like he just never gives up on the ball. Mm. And that's something that you kind of... Darwin Nunez is like that as well. It's kind of one of those um, kind of traits that is very helpful in big games like this, where it does come down to like a moment. And we had a couple of those moments. Mm. Let's talk about the Arsenal one first, because this moment, I thought, fuck me. It's happening again. It's happening again. Yeah. 45th minute, we dominated Liverpool. Didn't they didn't have a shot on target all half? I don't think they had a shot all half, mm. and we were all over them. Such the better team going at one-one because a stupid ball over the top. Saliba, I saw who was it? Gail Clichy. He was actually really good on the punditry. Um, I'd like to see more kind of ex-footballers that aren't Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. That'd be nice. Um, because Gail Clichy was saying that one of the issues that Canate. Van Dyke and Saliba were all having that game is that they didn't so like say a big ball would go over the top they wouldn't go for the header they'd try and kind of control the ball when it came on the floor or let it bounce once and the moment you let it bounce the attacker his kind of opportunity to get something out of that ball increases increases massively so you see that with uh, Van Dyke and Canate for their mistakes but in this one, Saliba lets the ball bounce. Luis Diaz kind of muscles him over and goes round him. And then Saliba gets back in front of him and tries to shield the ball back to Raya. Luis Diaz comes in, nicks the ball, taps it home. Well, bounces it off Gabriel for an own goal. Yeah. Shambles. Harsh uh, on Gabriel, though. Harsh on Gabriel because he was so good that game. Saliba, for me, it's Saliba's fault. He's got to deal with that because mm. I think the ball is still too far away from Raya for him to come out and collect it. There was, there was a lot of defensive calamities in this game. And I mean, then... The next one, the Van Dyke one. Before before even that, I think the Konate booking. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Was that, that was after the uh, Van Dyke. The second error. booking, yeah, yeah. No, the, sorry, the first booking, 55 minutes in. Yeah, 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 where he gets caught on the halfway line. I think it's harsh on him. It is harsh, because, but it's like what I was saying. Havertz if is, he goes in and wins that header first time, I understand doesn't why happen, he but he lets Havertz control I understand the why they've given it as a yellow. Mm. I think it was shouts for a red straight away. Because he's his last, his last man. man. Yeah, yeah. But Havertz is leaning into him. He's got his arm around Havertz. They're both grappling each other. I think if, yeah, Havertz, if both... Havertz was away from him mm. and he's pulling him, that's one thing. But he's actually behind Havertz. Yeah. I think and... it's a yellow because he's the last man. I don't know. But I, I think even if it drops, yeah, Havertz is the one on the floor. Like Havertz, Havertz is like falls to the ground. He knows mm. what he's doing. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's hard. Well, I think that's what Havertz does well. It's not enough for me to change the game. In these I big mean, games. They made individual mistakes here. I think Trent was 
another victim of a Martinelli showdown. Mate. The defensive side wasn't there. Connor Bradley's dad, RIP, like, that is such a, it's such a terrible timing. Yeah. That's another thing we forgot to mention. I here. wonder if um, Connor Bradley would have started. I think he might have, because Trent didn't look fit to me. Because Trent got cooked, He did mate. not look, he looked about 60% fit. Mate, Martinelli, oh, do you see that run where uh, he set out for Saka and Saka missed, but where he, like, yeah. had Canate on burners, mate. Canate isn't slow. No, he's not, but... Martinelli but Martinelli with the ball. Speed demon, mate. Let's, crazy. um... I don't, is there anything more to say, really? Alisson yeah. and Van Dijk made bad and mistake for theirs. Um, That's what I'm saying. Martinelli got the dog in him. He will, like, yeah. run for a ball that Maybe, he's Was it not... his best game of the season? One of the best games of the season. I thought he was so good. And then Arteta's in-game management as well. I think a lot of eyebrows were raised when you took Martinelli off and brought Trossard on, but Trossard scores. And what Trossard does is his game management is so good. IQ is off the charts. IQ is off the charts. And um, yeah, I just want to kind of round it all up by saying Arsenal had 3.76 XG Mm. and that is the most XG Liverpool ever conceded in the Premier League. Ever. Yeah. Ever. It was was a dominant performance and I think that... So why are pundits like Neville and Carragher so set on saying this Arsenal team are immature? Why are they taking photos? Rather than giving my boys the credit they deserve, no, they they should be allowed to celebrate. I I don't really care about the over celebration thing. No, nah, neither do I. I, I think, think it's, I think if you can't celebrate I think, beating title rivals, what are you allowed to celebrate? Are you just not allowed to celebrate all season until you win the league? Because then we oh, we just what, only I, watch Man City I celebrations think, over I and think over again. What we're looking for, and maybe it's easier for me from an outsider's perspective, but I want to see the Arsenal. Instead of reacting like this is a massive thing, be like this is business as usual. Just get like Man City. Would they have celebrated like that? Do you think? But this isn't no, no, business. I, I, I know, this I isn't business not. as usual. I know it's for us. Not, we're not Man want, City. If you want that to become the norm, perhaps you need to treat it like it's the norm. But we're not because Man City. If every if if every game like that turns out to be it like becomes like a cup final for you, then it it, it makes it difficult because you you're playing in your mind in like a cup final, cup final, cup final. Yeah, I get that, but like. Man we City are, yeah, we, they do the business we haven't done this before, this group of players. Mm. The Man City lot have done it five times in a row. Like, yeah. that is business as usual for Yeah, them. but they've got new players in there, they, you know. They've got young players in there. Barely. It's just I, like, I think perhaps we are, yeah. I mean, this is, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what they're looking for is that they want to play a bit of devil's advocate. Yeah, all I'm saying is fuck all them mad the, uh, haters. I mean, the, maybe the benefit to take from this is, if they could, the only thing they could moan about was the celebration. I think you've done a very good job. Yeah, fuck yeah? you, Carrot. Um, but yeah, for me, how does this impact the title fight? I think it means nothing. I think Man City are going to go on an unbeaten run to the end of the season. That's what I, I, I said mean, that on I, Twitter, yeah. What are they like? How many games are left? I don't know. So like this was 16, game week. 17 games, something maybe? Yeah. I can see Arsenal and Liverpool both dropping between four and six points in the, that time. I, I, don't see, more. I don't see Man City dropping any. I literally, I think they're going to come and they're going to smash everyone. Wow, that could go down like a box of... Spanners if they lose to Brentford tonight. Mate, I, I th- even if they lose to Brentford tonight, I think they still win the league. Yeah, well, I, I, I tweeted this after the game. I was like... You've got to play them again. I saw a tweet where it was like, yeah. You've got to play Liverpool. At the Etihad. They I, finish, got, yeah. I think they, if Liverpool don't have... If we want to win the league, we've got to go to the Etihad and beat them. Minimum. Oh, I mean, but, if, um, if they win their game in hand, they're two points behind Liverpool. Yeah. And what are you, two points behind Liverpool? Mm-hmm. Or they're one point behind them. No, they're two points as well, but they've so got they, another game in hand. They've got two games in hand. So they can go ahead of top of the league. Yeah, they can go top of the league. Oh, mate, yeah, it's over. Yeah, well, someone tweeted. It was like, um, so um, 
how does that affect the title race? And I was like, it doesn't. Man City is still in Man City's hands. They, no one in the Premier League, probably history ever, does a, a like a kind of February to May run in like, like Man City. City. Yeah. They just pick up points like it's it's nothing. I mean, they've and got the depth. It's scary. Like you say, the, your only hope is really that they they have a hard time in the Champions League and have to have to put a lot of men on, out on the pitch. Don't wish injuries upon anyone, but, but it'd be nice if De Bruyne dip back off again because he's come back on fire yeah he's he's he looks he looks like superman and Haaland's back tonight as well allegedly so that could be scary for the mandem yeah i don't know it's going to be scary for everyone coming up to the end of the season but we're here for it at least it's not a 10 point gap at least there's a few teams in it it's exciting baby. you never know we might be seeing pure barclays here live in the flesh um let's move on to team who have absolutely zilch to celebrate Oh, no, no, no. Before we move on from Liverpool. Love this. Mad stat. I don't know how how true this is. I saw it on Twitter. So it's true. So it has to be true, right. Unless he's got one of those community note things. Shout out the community notes, man. I think his name is at Origi Lister. Um, he says, Klopp has 81 losses in his Liverpool career. That's 468 games. 57 of those 81 losses have come when the referee was bald. We've always said on board draw, there is a weird correlation to VAR and refereeing mishaps I'll put the and the lack of the hair. For you, but um, 40 of those 57 losses when the referee's been bald was when Anthony Taylor was the referee. So in essence, whenever Liverpool lose, the probability is Anthony Taylor being the referee is 70%. That is wild. And then if you... Looking further into the statistics, Anthony Taylor is responsible for more than 50% of Liverpool's losses. So that's a crazy stat. Klopp did come if out it's true, and if it's say, true, I haven't been able to verify post match, he was like, I don't know if this referee has something against me because I think um, Anthony Taylor sent him off at some other point in the season. And um, yeah, so Klopp's got beef with Anthony Taylor. Mm. It'd yeah. be what it be. Nuts. Right, moving on swiftly. Chelsea. To Gary O'Neill's mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers for it was the Mateus Cunha show. What a guy! I think I can't remember if it was this season or last season when we said Wolves need a striker. Um, Mateus Cunha might not be the guy. I think he is. The He's guy. doing well. He is He's good. on form. He is He's good. On form. And I think Gary O'Neill. I think he wasn't the guy Cunha when they were playing under Lopetegui, and I think he was kind of shoved out to left wing slash left mid. Gary O'Neill is playing like this t- top two of Neto and Cunha. I don't know if that'll continue technical when Huang's back. Maybe they'll rotate as a three. Well, they, they used to sit behind Huang, didn't they? But Cunha and Neto up top, mate, that is techie. Yeah, and Huang, I think, just progressed with South Korea mm-hmm. to the semi-finals of the Asian Cup. Yeah. I think he's him and Son got on the score sheet against Australia. Shout out them. But yeah, yeah Wolves, I think they just look so good. Um... They had a uh, unlucky loss against Man United midweek where Kobe Mainu scored a 97th minute winner to make it 4-3 after they got back from 3-0 down, which is crazy. The best part of this Wolves team is the fight. And they look like a unit and they look like they're playing for the manager. The manager is is so happy to be there. Yeah, he's he's invested. Giving QPR Joe Hodge on a free loan, paying 100% of his wages. Cough. Comes in. Charity work. He was on the bench versus Man United. I think he came on the pitch. And now he's playing. And then 
overnight drove to QPR, signed, and then the next day scored against uh, Blackburn. Seven minutes into his debut. What a day. Gary O'Neill's managing two clubs here. Come on. But um, yeah, Wolves, they just look so good. And I was worried about them because of the fact that they lost um, Moutinho and so, Ruben Neves no, yes, in the yeah. midfield. And I was thinking, ah, oh, not only can they not score goals, but their midfield was their best aspect and they've lost the kind of two biggest playmakers in the team. But um, Gomez in the middle and Lamina... Mm. It's a nice little midfield. I didn't think much of the Lamina signing. I mean, but Nelson it's good. and uh, Red Eight Nori. Good as wide. well. Yeah, nice. Let's talk about Chelsea. Fuck them, man. I'm sick of talking about Chelsea. So funny. They're so bad. They're 11th in the league and we're in February. They have nine wins and 10 losses. They're one point worse off this season than they were under Graham Potter last season. And Graham Potter had no uh, window. He got dropped in the job like uh, Gary O'Neill. Pochettino's had the window. He's had a billion pound. He's he's put together the most expensive midfield in Premier League history. And their best midfielder would still be Jorginho if they had him. Oh, mate, honestly, he's so poor. Crazy. I mean, Conor Gallagher, I think, has been a decent player for them this season. He's But how are you starting with Conor Gallagher as your, like, as your number 10? Yeah, like, he, I know he's not creative Palmer, like, like that. The, they play yeah. a box with like, Enzo Caicedo. And then Palmer Gallagher. Yeah. But like, it's, how is that your... Like, like, what? Yeah, for me, Caicedo, he's had a couple of stinkers. He he got the assist for the uh, Palmer goal, which was a good assist. But for me, he looks kind of out of his depth at this level. And I know this level is lower than the level he was I playing for Brighton. I think he's been asked to do like too much. But under De Zerbe, I think he was doing more. Yeah, I don't know, uh, mate. It, is it the Enzo effect? Is Enzo just bang uh, bang average? He was so poor against Liverpool, uh, so bad. And in, and now they're in this situation where they've spent a hundred mil on these two guys. They can't not play them. No, they have to. They're on ten year contracts. I mean, but then also, who do they have on the bench? Like, um, Chant- Akani Chukwemeka. Yeah. They brought that Kasady back from Leicester. Yeah, but he's like they got Romeo Lavia. Is he back? Nah, he's no, he's not on the bench. I don't know, it stinks. I mean, but how do you spell a, spend a billy and your bench consists of Badi Ishile, who's washed, he's trash, Mudrik, who I think is... Trash. Time to go back home. Uh, Madueke, Academy, no? No, Madueke, they oh, signed from, from um, PSV or wherever you fucking signed him from. Uh, Bettinelli. Keep on it, yeah. Nicholas Jackson. Cheese! Astrid Wett's bum boy. <laughs> Carney Chukwemeka. He's alright, I, I don't mind yeah, him yeah. at all. Kasede... Uh, Gilchrist and Bergstrom. Yeah, dead. What they've got That's to do washed. is clean house. Clean house, but can they? So I've oh, seen seeing tweets where they can't even sack Pochettino because apparently sacking him and his staff will cost 10 mil. And if they do that, they, they now s- the window's shut, they'll go under, over, yeah. over FFP. Because they can't flog the players. Which well. is mental. Yeah, I mean... So they're stuck with him. What do they do? Luke, talk to me. They've got to get him to retire. Who <laughs> um, I don't understand what's going so wrong because, and we talk about Poch being a bit of a nearly man. Like he was all right at Spurs, but nearly man. He was all right at PSG, but nearly man. I think coming in and doing this project, it was fine because he's he's good at doing the kind of the project work, the getting to the yeah. nearly bit, and then flopping. So he was, in theory, like Graham Potter, the right guy to do the project part. 
Why can't he do the project part? I mean, I, I, Chelsea are that forever conundrum where it's just like, how is it not working? But it's not working because they've got a manager who doesn't even know all his players. They've got so many players that the manager doesn't know all the players. They've got you, you never know who you're going to be lining up with next week. Yeah, they've had a bit of consistency in their starting eleven. I know Nkunku was injured for a fair bit, and he's been quite good since he's been back. But like, there's just so much going wrong. Like, mm. how is your most consistent player over the last like three seasons being 55 year old Thiago Silva? Fact. His wife came and out his on wife Twitter, came out. Yeah, mad. Poch, it's time for a change. It's just it's gone from bad to worse. It's to, so to detrimental toxic. for Topoli. Like he's had to step back. I think from it. Yeah, he's, it, he's hired another Todd Don, and it's 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 poor. I think they got rid of Petr Cech as like the player liaison. Mm. So they lost they they lost what made Chelsea Chelsea. Like we talked about this the other night in the Liverpool stream. Um, they've lost that grit. They haven't got those players like the Terry's, the Carvalho's, the Ivanovic. You know, they had they had real the they bastards. Had, they yeah. had hor- horrible players. Um, even Petr Cech and goal. I was, David Luiz. I was thinking about this earlier. I was like the Eden soft Hazard. underbelly that. People used to label at like Arsenal. Chelsea have got it. Oh, mate. The players time. are soft, mate. You Didier see, they, Drogba, mate. they lose. They concede and then they start getting peppered. They got some soft boys in that lineup. Mate, they need to get Victor Moses back. See what he's Come doing. On. And talking of toxic, I'm seeing screams. I think the um, Chelsea fans at the full time were screaming Roman Abramovich's name and they were screaming Jose Mourinho's name. Yeah, These I- Chelsea fans. I talk about the club being toxic. The Chelsea fans are just as toxic, mate. How can you want oh, Jose mate. back? I, I know it's funny. I want Jose back for the for the memes and the pure Barclays. The pure Barclays. But mm. any Chelsea fan with semi brain screwed on, no, he's too toxic to be anywhere near that club. But who is the guy then? If Poch, I mean, they, I they, seen they, Poch, Poch they want wasn't Chavion the guy. Or well, he isn't the guy. Potter, we all thought was the guy. Mm. Tuchel was the only guy who showed a bit of promise. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, on I get... Tuchel as well. I saw some dickhead on Twitter. This is less Chelsea, more Wolves. Beefing Gary O'Neill. So I took a personal offence because Gary O'Neill's our guy. They said, um, I don't know why Gary O'Neill's getting so much credit. He's basically just inherited L- Lopetegui's team. <laughs> yeah, but look where Lopetegui finished. And I was like, that makes no sense because then like you giving Tuchel no credit. It should be all Frank Lampard's credit for Chelsea winning the Champions League because... Tuchel just inherited Frank Lampard's Chelsea <laughs> team. Yeah, so Lopetegui, and Lopetegui put his team together and it made it finish like 19. I was, so if you inherit a team that's doing shit, uh, uh, sign no one and then make the team do really good, you're allowed no credit because it was a uh, previous guy's. I should have quote tweeted and mugged it that, off. That's nuts. So mad. But anyway, yeah, back to Chelsea. Um, Jose's too toxic, but who do they get him? It's got to be Jose. It's got to be. It's got to be. I, I, I generally don't know who would want to come no. to the club. Yeah. It's got to be someone who loves the club. And someone the and, fans love. And there's no one. Yeah. They need a quick fix. Yeah. They need They need some sort of... He, he will Even get just you, till the end of the season. He will get yeah. you the right, right results. Mm. They might not see any progress, mm. but it can't be worse than it is. That's fact. It can't be worse than it is. At least I have a little bit of something about them because they, they would not be allowed to go out on a pitch and perform like that. That's true. He would, ha- he would clean house. He, if you don't want to be there... He'd get rid of you, like no doing this like this celebration anymore, mate. Although he is actually the only good player. He's the, the only good player, <laughs> yeah. but like, I mean, you look at their like—is it their lineup cards where they're like doing this? And this? Oh, mate, yeah, oh, you got Noni Madueke doing this. Oh, mate, was like, you're hiding on the pitch as well, mate. Oh, mate, I could have Chelsea on burners all day. I it's fucking hate so that club. Poor. I, but... I mean, but the question is, like, who is out there that would be brave enough to take this on? 
Yeah, because Chabby, they apparently want Chabby Alonso. But if Chabby Alonso has any sense, he says no because his managerial stock right now is so high. If he goes to Chelsea, he will murder his managerial stock. He needs to wait and see if Liverpool do that move for him. Bielsa, Bielsa, he's not. I think Carlo sign a new deal at Real Madrid. Did I make that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to say maybe Carlo, but no. But maybe maybe Bielsa, but I think he's managing mm. now in France. Antonio Conte is currently a free agent. That that's even worse than Jose. That's pure toxicity, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Chelsea I, fans I, in the comments, let us know. Do you want Jose back? Yeah, I, I generally who who? No, I don't know. Um, right, Frank Lampard. <laughs> Frank Lampard and John Terry. Give it Frank. Management. Yeah, come on. All right, I want to do a little um, around the world. Nice. Um, shout out to Neil Warnock. Aberdeen. Side for Aberdeen. Shout out JJ Ball as well. Yeah, shout out JJ Ball. Big Aberdeen fan. Um, yeah, I mean... Like, Neil, like Neil Warnock, him, yeah. I think I, I, I was looking at a thing earlier. He said um, in 2007, he said he thinks he's got one more job left in him. That was like me. That's 17 years later. Down the pub when it's... 11 p.m. and I think I've got one more pint in me. Yeah. And then 4 a.m. comes around. I think he said he said in an interview, uh, he's having an interview with uh, Aberdeen. He told his wife, Sharon, and she went, Aberdeen? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Aberdeen, what a, what a club as well. Yeah, shout they've out. They've got really a good managers. Draw against Celtic on the weekend. Yeah, really good managers. I think they've had some quite tactically astute managers. Um, Scott McKenna was there, the centre-back from Nottingham Forest. Hmm. He's a good. He's a good player. Yeah, what a good, what a nice little story. I like to see normal. Yeah, no, we like and Neil to see him outside of the UK is mad, well, outside of England is yeah, it's nice. Well, else is going on around the world? This is a madness. Right, I might butcher some names here, but <laughs> there is a man. There is a man from Mongolia. Not just a man. He's a footballer. Mongolian footballer, Ochiru Batbold, is cycling from Ulaanbaatar to Manchester to see his beloved Manchester United play. Come on. After nine months on the road and 12,500 kilometres covered, he stops off in Vienna and accompanied uh, the Sweeper Pod. Shout out to Sweeper Pod. They do some absolutely brilliant stuff on uh, like hidden stories around the footballing world. Like they, I think one of them's in like Mauritius at the minute covering like the football league there. Shout some out. Some brilliant stuff. But yeah, they accompanied uh, the Sweeper Pod to um, Rapid Vienna's Cup tie against St. Pulton. Uh, on the fourth, so yeah, that was good, and yeah, he's traveling through uh, Austria, Germany, France, and into England. Yeah, so if you want to just follow his uh, his little story, drop Mister Wazza, Mister Dot Wazza W A Z Z A on Instagram. It's an outrageous story. Come on, we love to see it, and, and hopefully the club do something about it. That's what I was going to say. He's going to end up at Man United, like um, Sean Millis did, or what's his name, Sean Mills. Yeah, yeah. He was at the uh, game. So Holland get a assist Holland. and a goal. Yeah, so. Oiland, we'll talk about Man United now. Four and four. Are they finding a little bit of form? Because they, they, they actually looked a lot better. So against Wolves, they looked so good until the like last twenty where they shat the bed. And I think that that isn't like you don't need to read too much into that. I think everybody knows this Man United team aren't the finished article and mm-hmm. they're gonna shit the bed every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it wasn't kind of as big news that they shot the bed against Wolves. And they also had the kind of kind of steel and grit to come and win that game anyway. Shout out Kobe Minu, what a goal. To I tweeted after that game, someone asked on Twitter, it was like, is May United like 
fighting in a run of form. And I was like, it's classic Man United to do that kind of big event where they beat Wolves last minute and then shit the bed against West Ham. They actually didn't. They don't really well. To beat West Ham 3-0. Convincingly. Convincingly. We said Man United hadn't really dominated games since the beginning of the season. This one. They were good. Yeah, they were very good. And yeah, they are starting. I think what Ten Hag is doing is finally he's found his best team. He's sacked off Anthony. He's playing Garnacho out of right wing. Mm-hmm. Garnacho is so much better, not only than Anthony, but probably the best um, winger option they've got at the club at the moment. Oh, Two goals. Yeah. He's so direct, so hungry, which I guess you get. We said this. There's a different kind of hunger when you're a kid from the academy of a club. And yeah, shout out um, Garnacho. Rashford come back from his uh, kind of turn on the naughty step he was good and then yeah Hoyland they're kind of I said this when his first appearance when he came against Arsenal and he didn't do much but his hold up play and his link up play was really good and now he started to have confidence to take shots from deep his goal was really good he got the ball the ball edge of the box turned as centre back and then can't finish from the edge of the box they're starting to find a bit of form. Kobe Mainu and Casemiro as centre mids. It's nice. Bruno Fernandes is in a bit of a... Well, he's always good, but I think when things are bad, he's like, he's angry, but when things he are good... He doesn't stand up. He, he's, he's not composed enough. He play. is like one of the best players when your team are doing well because he will just punish teams. Second most creative player in the league. Any to- yeah. Um, anytime there's adversity for Man United... You don't want him in the team at he all because he, he gets his back up about. He it, is he? just a little whiny bitch, but on a good run, he's the first name on the team sheet every time because he is the kind of difference maker. Man United, really good. I, I can't remember who they've got next game. I'll have a look for you, but um, yeah, yeah. West Ham. I think missing Pakita, big, big miss, big miss. Um, but. They had the, they're pretty much their full eleven out there. They're Bowen, they're Kudus. They had a Gued back as well. Gued, yeah, there's Suchek and Alvarez in the middle. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but they're no. so hit and miss West Ham. I mean, they had a really Ooh, good run. They got Aston Villa on the weekend. Aston Villa who piped Sheffield United five nil. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be a good game. It was it was like five nil before half time or four nil before. We were half expecting time. a banger. Yeah, and we were expecting. Yeah, that half, has but... the nine nil be mentioned? It was. But yeah. Um, Man United, nice little run of form. Two wins in a row. West Ham, we, they've got Arsenal on the you weekend. So, bloody hope they keep that shit run of form Man going. United are going to win, go on a winning streak until that man arrives on his bicycle and they're going to get pumped like 4-0. <laughs> yeah, just for the ball. Yeah, by Luton. Come on. They actually do have Luton after um, Aston Villa. Also, so. quickly, who's your manager of the season so far? Uh, my manager of the season right now is Rob Edwards. Yeah, I agree. I think other names up there for me... Uh, Gary O'Neill, obviously. Unai Emery. Uh, Unai Emery, definitely. Uh, anyone else? Maybe Ange. Oh, yeah, maybe Ange. And that's me taking off my rose-tinted Arsenal goggles and being like, he's doing all right. Although, two on the weekend against Everton. What's going on there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, Richarlison, though. Yeah, it's hard to oh yeah, it's hard to argue about Richarlison's form. He's since a groin operation, mate. Maybe he got one of the special groin operations from Tom Garrett. Jeez, but um, yeah, I think yeah for me, Rob Edwards, manager of the season so far. Like, what he's doing he's, so far. I think in their last seven, 
They've got one loss. I mean, which it for little up... old Luton, who everybody had written off bottom of the table, worst Premier League. I team said ever, that they would get less points in Derby, which is mental. I backed them, and uh, we're from Watford, so shouldn't have been allowed to do that, but I did. But yeah, no, it's nuts. Um, and yeah, we. How good was the football to have been to, to cover the fact that we haven't even spoken about the four all game versus Newcastle? Facts. That's how good the weekend of football. Maybe been. next episode, or not next episode, but at some point soon we promise we'll do a bit on Luton Sheffield United and Burnley if you run a Luton fan channel or podcast or whatever you want to come on shout us hit us up in our DMs and we'd love to make something happen because uh, come on we want to give Luton some love we'd love to cover your story because you're absolutely flying yeah we've got to give Luton Um, some love let's round up anyway guys if you have enjoyed make sure to like comment and subscribe it does mean a lot to us if you comment down below, we will highlight it in the next video. Give us some questions. We'll answer them. Some things to talk about. Uh, and yeah, we'll give you a shout in the video because we want to get our comments up. We Come like, on. Yeah, a little bit. We'll always reply to you in the comments if you comment down below. So yeah, get involved. We do. If you do comment, you'll be putting yourself in with a chance of winning a £100 Classic Football Shirts voucher. Spend on anything you like. So let us know down below what you would spend that voucher on. Anything to add? No, you bloody nailed it, mate. Follow us on socials. I'm tweeting on our Twitter non-stop. I'm looking for beef. So, if you want to come and beef me, drop on our Twitter. It's boar.draw, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy. Down below. Come on. But, yeah, if you want to head over to our Spotify, give us five stars. It'd be much appreciated. It helps us get seen. And, yeah, guys, thank you very much for watching. It's been Boar Draw, episode number 83. Come on, boys! You are...